Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges, and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and Kelly Barner here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Kelly, how are you doing? I am doing great, Scott. I'm always glad to be here. Well, it's always a pleasure. I tell you, I always learn a lot more from conversations you're part of, so thank you for that. And you don't give me quizzes afterwards. so um, <laughs> At least not on camera. <laughs> that's right. So, But today, as you know, I'm really excited about this great show, big show we got teed up. We'll be speaking with a global business leader doing big things in a really a variety of ways, but especially from a supplier diversity standpoint. Great conversation we got teed up, right? We do. And, and this is a topic, you know, we get the opportunity to cover a lot of procurement and sourcing things as, as part of the Supply Chain Now programs. But supplier diversity is one of those programs, just like risk, that has really thrust our discipline into the spotlight. So I love getting to hear from practitioners and leaders that are dedicated to these programs. Well said. Well said. Really appreciate the work you're doing at Dial P for Procurement buyer's meeting point, art of procurement, you name it. And this is going to be a great conversation. So with no further ado, I want to welcome in our, our featured guest, rock and roll star, Aisha uh, Simons, Director of Supplier Diversity with Colgate Palmolive Company. Aisha, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. Thank you, Scott. And thank you, Kelly. Well, thank you. As busy as you are, I appreciate you carving some time out. Um, and uh, I'm really excited, really enjoyed the pre-show conversation, and I think we've got uh, really an intriguing hour teed up here today. Great. I'm ready. So, <laughs> all right. I think everybody's, uh, some folks are born ready, and I think Aisha Kelly is one of those folks. So, uh, with all of that said, I want to dive in first. Um, you know, we like to get to know our guests uh, initially here at Supply Chain Now, and I want to start with, hey, Aisha, where did you grow up? You know, give us uh, give us little stories about uh, your upbringing. Okay, I grew up in Queens, New York. I am the middle child of three, and uh, you know, very uh, wholesome middle class uh, background. But I actually graduated from high school in Miami, Miami, Florida. So when I was in the ninth grade, we uh, relocated uh, to Florida. And uh, I graduated from high school there. Um, in we lived in Miami, Carroll City, and uh, from my childhood and and you know finishing high school, I uh, decided to major in chemical engineering. I was always interested in science and math. That was you know kind of a no brainer for me. And but I didn't really know that much about engineering. So uh, when I was in eleventh grade. My chemistry teacher, which was one, chemistry was one of my favorite subjects, he was like, well, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I said, well, I'm going to major in chemistry. And he said, well, you know, do you want to be a high school uh, teacher? And I said, no, I want to like, you know, I want to work with chemicals. And he said, well, why don't you go and talk to the guidance council, a guidance counselor and explore some other opportunities to use, a, you know, that focus on chemistry he says, because I think you can do more than just major in chemistry. So 
I started, you know, just at that time, we didn't have computers. So I, you know, went to the library, you know, uh, got some books and I stumbled across chemical engineering. And it's so interesting how I chose my major because it's kind of summed up my career. I really chose chemical engineering because it was a challenge. There were not many women in that field. There were not many black women in that field. And, you know, it really struck me as something that I was interested in. And also at that time in 11th grade, uh, I had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. Uh, with our social studies uh, class. It was it was called Close Up. And you got to see, you know, tour the government, tour the Capitol, see the all the different branches of our U.S. government at the time. And while I was there, I visited the Howard University campus, fell in love with it. And so when I saw that they were offering the major of chemical engineering, to me, that just kind of cemented the deal. So it was very interesting when I explained to my parents that I wanted to major in chemical engineering. Neither one of them, like, what is that? And I tried to explain it as best I could. Um, but, you know, they, they, they didn't quite get it. And uh, so I started at, at uh, Howard University majoring in engineering and but it was interesting because I was one of the few uh, folks that actually were able to have an internship after my freshman year uh, in college. And I was working at a plant, a BASF plant in Burlington, New Jersey, uh, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, Burlington is probably more developed now. Uh, and at that time, this is the 1980s, and not really, like, I think I was, like, probably one of the few female in, females in the building. And, you know, the environment was very male-dominated, you know, very, um, a little bit rough. And so I came back from that experience, and I remember sitting down with my um, advisor, and I said, I need to change my major. And he's like, why? And I said, I can't do this. I can't work in a chemical plant. I can't be around that environment. And he said, you know, there are so many different options available and open to you as a chemical engineer. You know, you don't have to work in a chemical plant. You can use your, you can use your background to go into many different things. And, you know, that discipline and the approach to problem solving is what, the advantage of majoring in chemical engineering. So I stuck with it, thankfully, and I, 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 you know, followed through on that advice. And I come back to that many times over the course of my career and how I can take this discipline problem-solving approach to solve many different types of problems, not just problems associated with the manufacturing of, of chemicals. All right. Aisha, I love, what a what an outstanding story to start off with. So many questions, so little time. Um, I want to go back, and Kelly, I want to get your take on something, she, a couple things she shared there, but I want to go back, because when you initially were talking about your um, high school uh, teacher, I think it was, yes. um, I thought you were going to go to a different direction where he was demotivating and dis, uh, discouraging you, but you actually, uh, as I listened a little, little more, he believed you could do a lot more, and and what don't we all need empowering people like that in our, in our lives? What, what, what was that teacher's name? Do you remember? Oh, I think it was Mr. Spencer, and he was the high school chemistry teacher. And I don't know if schools still do this, but they have, like, pep rallies, like, before the football game. And he was just a really quirky guy, and he would, um, as part of the pep rally, he would uh, create, 
our colors were orange, black, and white. And he would actually, in beakers, create color smoke that was orange, black, and white. <laughs> and that was, the, that, that was a feature of our pep rallies. And he was, you know, he just had a fun... Um, this way of talking about science. So, you know, I already love science, but I loved it more. And so coming from him and that advice from him, I think it was a very trusted source and it was a source that I looked up to. So you're absolutely right. It was great that he empowered me to push myself uh, further. Love that. And and quick shout out, uh, Miss Bowen, Miss Woods and Miss Beckham were three instrumental science teachers. And, you know, my daughter, my kids, Love their science teachers. So, man, these are important people in our journeys. Um, thank you for sharing, Aisha, and big thanks to Mr. Spencer. Hey, Kelly, really quick, because uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, on a lesser important note, I'm gonna, uh, you know, Queens and Miami. My my food brain is is moving. <laughs> but Kelly, when you heard Aisha discuss the environment, you know, being one of the few women uh, in programs or in plants or what have you, what you know, can you relate to that? Any, any thought you want to share there? Well, I can certainly relate to being one of the few women. I mean, I think there are a lot of women in procurement, a lot in supply chain, but still not so many that there aren't celebrations of women that especially achieve certain executive levels. I will say, Mr. Spencer sounds wicked cool. That's the <laughs> biggest compliment that I can give to anybody. But the other thing, Aisha, I have a feeling we're going to hear as we go through this conversation and get into the work that you're doing now the fact that you have this chemical engineering background to work at a company like Colgate Palmolive, the authority and the influence that must give you, even for things not directly related to R&D or engineering, I can't wait to hear how that part of your background played out over time. Yeah, well said, Kelly. Okay, so before moving to Colgate Palmolive, for the two people that may be unfamiliar across the globe with that organization, <laughs> uh, two quick questions. So one, more, much more serious, you know, Aisha, if you could speak succinctly to our listeners that are really relating to that journey, they're fighting against odds, they're doing things outside their comfort zone, they're maybe in rooms or offices or plants with more folks that, you know, that don't parallel their journey or their walk of life, what's one short piece of advice that you would offer them? Yeah, I think it's important that throughout your career that you really push yourself to try new things and to take on uh, those, you know, take on those things that may be outside your comfort zone and that could help you, you know, expand and, and, and continue to grow throughout your whole career. Love that. You know, I've heard it said time and time again, you know, blessed are the volunteers because, you know, organizations and projects and initiatives lead, um, benefit so much um, charitable initiatives benefit from so much from folks do that, but the folks that raise their hand to your point, their journey and themselves will benefit from from uh, doing more and getting out of your comfort zone and, and learning that way. So thank you so much for sharing, Aisha, and, and I love that story. I, th I know Kelly and I probably could spend the next three hours on that uh, on the front end of your story here, but let's talk about. Colgate Palmolive, the organization, in a nutshell, I know it's a really big global enterprise, big brand, uh, and also what you're doing now. Can you share more? Yes. So Colgate is a $17 billion consumer product, global consumer product company. And our vision is, you know, we are a caring, innovative growth company, reimagining a healthier future for all people, pets, and our planet. And that's something that each and every Colgate employee feels very strongly about. And that's also reflected in 
you know, other initiatives that are important within the company, whether it's our global DEI strategy, which supplier diversity is one of the pillars within that strategy, or our sustainability strategy. These are all key, uh, um, you know, uh, areas of strategic importance to us as a company and everyone within the organization, you know, is expected to support these and help to drive it forward. Mm. Wonderful. And let's, um, let's level set a little bit, right? Um, as Kelly knows, we've had a, a, so many of these conversations and, and in other areas of, of supply chain, you know, these, all these terms and phrases uh, like supplier diversity, we know so often what they mean, and there's some common themes to how uh, organization to organization, leader to leader approaches it. And then there's some really big differences. So can you give us an overview of the of your supplier diversity program uh, at Colgate Palmolive? Sure. So our supplier diversity program at Colgate dates back over uh, 20 years. And you know, it, it's it's been primarily a U.S. based U.S. based program, and the real purpose behind that program was making sure that we were um, bringing diversity to our supply chain, and that we were providing um, equal opportunity across our supplier partnerships, so that we had good representation. Uh, not only just in terms of the people that work for Colgate, but also the the business partners uh, that we do business with. And uh, when I came into this role, I've been in this role, uh, this is my third year in this role. It was really a reinvigoration of our supplier diversity program because it's now part of our global DEI strategy. And we wanted to be able to take our program to the next level. So when we look out into the future, you know, into the near future, which is 2025. I can't believe 2025 is almost uh, right around the corner. You know, we set aside, you know, some clear goals that we wanted to have for our program. But one of those goals was to take it beyond just the U.S. focus that our program had been and make it more of a global-based program, which we're not unique in that many other uh, companies uh, that similar to Colgate are doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, Kelly, I want to get your quick comment before uh, you move on to the next segment of the interview. I mean, Colgate Palmolive is not a Johnny-come-lately. They've been, uh, I know supplier diversity is all the rage now, but they've been doing this for more than 20 years, as uh, Aisha said. That's really important to have those early movers, huh? Oh, it's incredibly important because in many ways they lead the way. And yet, Aisha, I'm sure some of what you've seen in your three years in this role, or I guess you're starting your third year, is that it's a program that continues to reinvent itself as objectives change, as strategies change, as consumer expectations change. It's not like figuring out a framework and then you just sort of march that path forward, tracking the same things. It's, it's an area that continues to evolve and there's a lot of innovation within supplier diversity. That's a really quick comment, if I could there. Uh, you mentioned a consumer. That's a great call out because... Aisha and Colgate Palmolive was doing this before the consumers demanded it in this current environment in many ways. So what a great uh, call out there, Kelly. Um, So where are we going next um, with Aisha? So we're actually going to talk about a little bit of where the rubber hits the road on supplier diversity, and that's within procurement and sourcing. So Aisha, I would love to hear a little bit how the teams within Colgate Palmolive that are making decisions about which suppliers to work with, how they have opportunities to connect with diverse suppliers, and how that works as they walk through the sourcing process. 
Great. Uh, so uh, as a leader in supplier diversity, I am actually part of uh, uh, Colgate's global procurement leadership team. So I report directly into our chief procurement officer. But, uh, you know, it's it first starts with procurement. But we work very closely with our business partners within Colgate to bring uh, diverse suppliers uh, partnerships and create those diverse supplier partnerships within the organization. So uh, the responsibility that global procurement, the, the global procurement team has is really in helping to identify those uh, diverse suppliers. We go to uh, supplier diversity fairs. We have uh, partnerships and relationships with third-party advocacy agencies like the National Minority Supplier Development Council or the Women Business Enterprise National Council. And there's similar ones for um, uh, the disability-owned businesses as well as veteran-owned businesses and LGBTQ. So we participate in a lot of those advocacy organizations and they're they're a great partner because they help give us access to who these uh, diverse suppliers are, and then we also do individual um, uh, our own activities within Colgate, where we actually invite uh, diverse suppliers in. We have through through uh, diversity fairs uh, that um, bring diverse suppliers in direct. Uh, communication with uh, business partner stakeholders internally. And then we also, um, you know, are, are meeting with our business partners to understand what their needs are and what sort of suppliers that they're looking for. Uh, so, we, you know, we help make that connection. And so we play a lot of connecting one party with another party uh, sort of activities. And that's a, a key role that, that our uh, global procurement team uh, plays. And if that sounds like a ton of work, Scott, uh, Aisha is sharing exactly what every procurement team and every supplier diversity manager or director is dealing with. It is a lot of work. It's already a lot of work just finding any suppliers qualified to provide a product or service or material. But then with that additional requirement, it, it does have to be a work of passion because there's a lot of effort. You have to look in a lot of different places. Um, Aisha, once a diverse... Kelly, if I could, yeah. really quick, uh, just spike the football on that point, because uh, when I went back in my metal stamping days, I had a former colleague that led supply chain, Alan, a.k.a. the Hawk. <laughs> and if he's listening, he'll know that, he'll remember that nickname. But to your point, it is so challenging to find... Uh, to find good suppliers, vet them, build those relationships, and then, to your point, taking a step further and give all sorts of oppor- um, of uh, businesses an opportunity to earn earn business and do good business. So what a great, uh, important point for our listeners to pick up on. Thank you, Kelly. Absolutely. And, and let's actually stay with what you mentioned, Scott, which is relationships. So Aisha, once a diverse supplier is selected for contract, what does their journey or partnership or relationship with the procurement team and Colgate Palmolive as a company look like from there? Yeah, so I'm glad that you're talking about relationships because that's really been a key focus um, over the last several years within procurement is, you know, really enhancing and nurturing those supplier relationships that we have to really understand the value that, um, you know, our supplier partners bring to the equation and how we can work together not only to uh 
help that business grow, but also their, you know, the value that they offer helps Colgate meet our strategic objectives, whether it's for innovation, whether it's for sustainability, whether it's for, you know, cost effectiveness, uh, flexibility in our supply chain, risk management. I can keep going down the list of all the different <laughs> um, roles that uh, our different supplier partners uh, can, can help us play. But, you know, getting back to your original question on, you know, once we have that supplier partner, what uh, what do we do within Colgate to help nurture that relationship? And when it comes to whether you're a diverse supplier or, or not diverse supplier, that relationship is key. And understanding, you know, uh, through we, we have we hold quarterly business reviews, we hold top to top meetings, we hold other key uh, type uh, sort of meetings to make sure we're understanding not only uh, how things are operating with the current business that they're providing, but one of the things that we do in particular for uh, diverse suppliers is we hold diverse supplier forums. And those diverse supplier forums allow us to, again, connect the diverse supplier directly with the business partners so that they understand, okay, this is the business that the diverse supplier is doing with us today. But they also have these additional capabilities. This is additional value that they can offer Colgate, uh, you know, as a business partner, is this something that's of interest to you? And that, and those sort of conversations has actually led to an increase in business for our diverse suppliers uh, so that their capabilities that many of our business partners may not be aware of, uh, we're now able as a company to tap into that. And so I'm, you know, these diverse supplier forums are something that we have done in the past, we recently reinvigorated them, and it's something that we're going to continue to do in the future because we definitely see some value in that. Now, you talked about the business partners, and if I can just ask a follow-up on that, you know, we certainly know your role. We know procurement's role in facilitating these connections. We know the diverse suppliers certainly want the opportunity of working with Colgate Palmolive, but Procurement doesn't usually get to make the decision about which suppliers are selected. So those decision makers in the business are absolutely essential to the company as a whole, hitting its targets and achieving its vision. Can you talk a little bit about how ownership and responsibility and the the driving vision behind supplier diversity is distributed in the organization so that everyone plays a role and understands how important that is? Yeah, uh, that that is so key. And that's something that we've really been working to ramp up over uh, these last two years with our business partners so they understand that we have a supplier diversity program, that our supplier diversity program has been around for over uh, uh, two decades and that it is part of our new uh, global DEI strategy and that there is a role that our business partners can play with regard to that. And, uh, you know, we do that by meeting with the functional leader, you know, um, you know whether it's, you know, say the legal team or it's uh, the marketing team or whether it's uh, the finance team or uh, other parts of the organization. And we meet with that team and take them through this strategy, uh, the, you know, our global DEI strategy and how and our and also our supplier diversity strategy. We also review their portfolio of suppliers and uh, like where their supply base is coming from and where di- where diverse suppliers fit within that supply base. And then we actually talk through opportunities on how we can expand uh, uh 
the, the inclusion of diverse suppliers into their particular mix of suppliers. And in many cases, uh, it's a learning opportunity for our business leaders and business partners within the organization to realize that there, are, there may be already diverse uh, suppliers that they're doing business with or that there are opportunities for them to uh, consider and include as part of um, you know, the decision-making process diverse suppliers that they hadn't uh, considered before. You know, Scott, it makes me think, I think this is from the office. Is ABC always be closing? Is that from the office? <laughs> because doesn't that sound like what Aisha's saying when, when we're trying to bring in diverse suppliers, always be closing. When yes. we're going through the sourcing process, always be closing. Oh, when Kelly. we're winning over distributed decision makers, <laughs> always be closing. <laughs> now, I think that is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which is one of the best um, sales movies of all time, perhaps. The same movie where coffees were closers. Put that coffee down. Put that coffee down. <laughs> Coffee's for closers, Aisha and Kelly. Um, but kidding aside, what a great um, Aisha. Really appreciate how. I mean, um, I got the impression that you and the Colgate Palmolive team is very transparent when it comes to um, these these initiatives and issues of our time, supply chain and otherwise. And I really, this is like a master class, Kelly, in in how to conduct and. Um, uh, and and you know, there's no finish line. You know they've been doing it for for a couple of decades. There's no finish line in improving and optimizing. You know to really create opportunities for all. But Kelly, I don't, um, you got me going with the office reference. So thank you. <laughs> sure. And you know we talked about the fact that supplier diversity is a philosophy and a program that continues to evolve. And so even for all the successes that you and your team have had at Colgate Palmolive, Aisha, I'm sure that there's more you want to do. Are there any challenges that you and your team and the company as a whole are facing now that you can share with other leaders and teams that might find themselves in similar situations? Yeah, I would say our challenges uh, are in a couple of areas. Uh, you know, we've given ourselves uh, some really stretch goals in terms of how we want to grow our spend, um, particularly within, you know, um, from a U.S. point of view. We've given ourselves goals that I think I mentioned in terms of how we want to expand our program globally. And, uh, you know, in order to meet those goals, you know, it's really being able to um, continue to uh, build a shared sense of responsibility and accountability across the organization. And, you know, it's, it's really about embedding it also within our culture. And so, like, if I put my change management hat on, you know, if you're going to embed something in the culture, it's really about what are those key behavioral changes that you want people to adopt. So there's a lot of advocating that um, – that advocacy that's necessary, not only internally, but also externally, because if we're able to identify and, and open up our um, internal business partners to wanting to work with uh, diverse suppliers, then we also need to be able to identify who those diverse uh, suppliers are. So, and, and, and that can be a challenge as well. Uh, but that's where leveraging our partnership with some of the um, uh, third-party advocacy agencies that I mentioned is so critical because those organizations, they're helping to tackle some of those challenges. So, for instance, for diverse suppliers, you know, 
having access to capital, having access to continue to grow your business and maintain your um, diverse owned status is is really critical. And, you know, it's, it's a unique challenge that diverse suppliers have because any other business, you know, that's not diverse, they can go get their capital from wherever. They don't have to worry about uh, if I go and, you know, um, um, sell off part of my equity, this could now change my, right. you know, th- this can now change my ownership so that I'm not, no, I'm no longer primarily um, diverse owned. So these are, these are some mm. of the, the, the challenges externally through our, th- through, through these organizations that I mentioned that we're trying to work together to come up with some solutions on, you know, having feeder funds that allow uh, businesses to continue to grow at, you know, diverse on businesses to continue to grow and 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 also to be able to not have some of those limitations that we talked about before and also be able to push into areas where companies like Colgate and other corporations like ours, we need more diverse owned manufacturers. You know, we, we, we need there, there, are, there are several categories and areas where the representation is not high and we would love to have more diverse owned business partners in those spaces. Uh, so so. When you talk about challenges, there's those external challenges and then also from an internal, you know, just um, tra- uh, changing the culture and adopting a new way of shared accountability and responsibility as it relates to supplier diversity across the organization. And I think the the good thing about those challenges, Aisha, as I listen to you talk about them, I, I hear a lot of companies talk about those same things. But what an exciting business challenge. I mean, yes, there are challenges that need to be addressed, but there is so much upside associated with each of those, incentivizing uh, new people in communities to get into areas like manufacturing or, oh my goodness, access to capital and the, the unique challenges of moving global. There is so much to be done. It's almost like we need to deliberately pull in some entrepreneurial minds, right? This is <laughs> supplier diversity is a huge opportunity and an exciting business challenge challenge to be able to work towards solving. Well said, Aisha and Kelly. And, you know, one quick note, y'all mentioned it and and certainly implied it uh, throughout your conversation here is the onboarding, right? It's it's not enough to identify, engage, get them um, uh, introduced into the the, the powers that be within organizations. But I'll tell you, from personal experience, uh, onboarding can be very challenging, Right. Both when I was in manufacturing and and, and today as a digital media platform, so um, Kelly, uh, as much as I enjoyed, and we're going to have to have Aisha come back for more stories on the front end of, of the conversation. We are interested, you and I are interested in, in in some success stories when it comes to supplier diversity at Colgate Palmolive. So Aisha, uh, anything come to mind there? Yeah, I mentioned earlier the diverse supplier forums that um, we have been holding, and I highlight that as a success story. Uh, At the end of 2021, we had uh, several um, meetings on our indirect procurement side, which is more the services side of the business, as well as on the direct uh, side, which is both uh, raw material and packaging material side of the business. And those uh, diverse supplier forums that we had with some of our key existing diverse suppliers, when we looked at the spend that we were doing with those businesses in 2022, 
we actually saw a huge increase in uh, the, the spend that we were doing with those participants in those supplier forums. You know, where it, it, it could have been a 50% increase or it could have been a 200% increase. And, you know, I call that a significant win. And so th it's definitely something that we have, um, you know, continued through 2022. And we kicked off the year in 2023 as part of our uh beginning of the year goal setting where we actually invited two uh, diverse suppliers uh, to come in and speak directly to our procurement and, 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 and to our business stakeholders. And so we're hoping that that also leads to some increased opportunities for those existing diverse suppliers as well. So I, can, I count that as a big success that, you know, we're definitely, it's something that's working within Colgate uh, and, and really helping us to facilitate that those um, Connections, as well as leading to you know, uh, you know, opportunities that we can count uh, in, in terms of increased partnership and, and increased uh, spend that we're doing with those uh, businesses. Yep, Kelly, going to get your quick comment. I, I love that Aisha and Colgate Palmolive are investing in those opportunities, those forums, those meetings to connect, help help folks connect the dots. That is really, again, early movers, market leadership. That's that's one of the themes here. Your thoughts, Kelly? Well, I think it's incredibly important to give those diverse suppliers a platform. You know, procurement and companies can learn so much from their supply partners, but usually that's about the product or service that they sell and how it fits into the operation. Listening to them talk about the program, to your point, Scott, the onboarding or maybe insurance requirements or maybe improve even the sourcing and selection process in a way that can benefit other diverse businesses and help the program grow. What an amazing opportunity. I wish more companies did that. Yeah, agreed. Completely agreed. So I'm, uh, um, again, uh, Aisha, really uh, appreciate uh, leaders that uh, deeds, not words, is a phrase we talk about a lot here uh, in a weird way, I guess, talk about. But it's all about action, right? Lip service yeah. leadership, man, uh, everyone, we've all had enough of that. It's all about action. Um, okay, so on that note, if you can, you know, without uh, without having to kill us, if anything you can share about your plans for 2023 and beyond as y'all continue to grow uh, the supply diversity programming and the the greater DEI programming at Colgate Palmolive. Yeah, I think uh, for this year, there's going to be a big focus on um, how do we evolve and really cement this into our organization from a change management perspective. Uh, we talked about this earlier and just some of the challenges in, in you know, spreading the responsibility beyond the procurement team and having more uh, ownership by our business partners. And I see that as part of our journey, and that's something that we're going to continue to push. Uh, we're going to look to uh, involve more of our senior executives to act as advocates to help with that push, uh, which I think is, you know, going to be really important. We're not at the point yet where we have embedded it into individuals' goals, but you know, we do have DE&I goals that um, we've asked each individual to bring into their individual objectives for the year. Uh, and so we've, we've left it broad in, in terms of that, in, in terms of that standpoint, but we haven't like gotten to the point where you said, okay, you know, if you're part of this team, this is your supplier diversity goal for the year. So we're going to continue to, um, as I said, to, to build our advocacy internally, driving 
awareness and understanding on how our business partners can take the lead and and move forward uh, to help, you know, drive to achieving our supplier diversity goals overall. Mm. Uh, Kelly, your quick comment there. Sure. Uh, And Aisha has actually mentioned this several times, but measurable targets, right? It's, It's wonderful to say from a visionary standpoint, we want to do more, we want to do better, we want to go faster. But if you don't have those numbers and those targets so that people can baseline and then compare their progress, it's going to be very hard to actually increase that impact. So super important approach there. Love that. Uh, kind of inspect what you expect, as I've heard put a thousand <laughs> times. Um, all right. So, Aisha, really have enjoyed your perspective here and we want to have you back. Um, uh, we got uh, we jumped into supply diversity and thought leadership and some of the great things you are doing there. There's so much more to your story. Uh, and we're going to bring you back maybe. Uh, maybe go through your agent next time uh, to dive deeper into that. But, Aisha, how can folks learn more about all the cool things you are doing at Colgate uh, Palmolive? Uh, the, the, how, how they can learn uh, is they can go to the Colgate, Colgate Palmolive website. Uh, there's information there uh, that shares our global DEI strategy. There's information there that uh, shares our sustainability story and, and strategy. And as I mentioned earlier, supplier diversity is part of our global DEI strategy, but we also um, report up through sustainability as well. So you can get information on our reports uh, on the website, but you can also get information on our supplier diversity program. Diverse suppliers uh, can uh, get access to our supplier registration portal that we have set aside just for diverse suppliers that um, our all of our procurement team uses and uses that registration portal as an easy way of tapping into diverse suppliers uh, who may have capabilities that, 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 that we need to tap into. Love that, uh, and really have enjoyed your perspective here today. Big thanks to Aisha Simons, Director of Supply Diversity with Colgate Palmolive Company. Aisha, look forward to reconnecting with you again soon. Same here. Thank you. You bet. All right, Kelly, uh, I'm going to give you two questions for you uh, before we wrap uh, here. Number one, out of all the insights and perspective and experiences and, the, and really the journey uh, that Aisha shared with us here today, what was one of your favorite parts? I think my favorite part is actually sort of a sum total observation. The level of sophistication that is required in a company this size and this scale. I mean, Aisha even talked about the fact that it's not just people, it's animals. So there are lots of different R&D processes, lots of different types of suppliers and all these moving pieces globally to set these targets and make progress towards them and celebrate achievements and learn from maybe falling short where where there were some targets. I think there is so much going on in these programs that it's very easy to gloss over from a consumer standpoint. Uh, just an amazing job that they're doing. There is so much that we can all learn from it. Agreed. Lots of wonderful benchmarking, best practice sharing. And, and folks, uh, if you want to work, especially if you're, uh, you're leading a, a diverse-owned business, hey, Check out Colgate Palmolive. It sounds like there's a wealth of information um, there at the fingertips on the company website. Um, okay, Kelly, um, all the cool things I mentioned on the front end that you're up to, especially in areas of procurement uh, and, and other aspects of global business, how can folks connect with you? 
I think the easiest place to find me is LinkedIn. Uh, everything that I'm involved in, everything I'm thinking about, pretty much all gets posted to LinkedIn every day. So please connect, please follow me, please check out my newsletter. It's weekly, The Procurement Buzz. Um, and let me know that you saw this interview because I love to know how people found me. Outstanding. Well, Kelly Barner, really appreciate that and your perspective and, and expertise today. Absolutely, Scott. It's my pleasure to be here. All right, folks, listeners, watchers, viewers, you name it. Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. I'm ready to run through that door behind us uh, between Aisha and all of her expertise and her journey, uh, especially the front end. You know, I think we all can draw inspiration from um, uh, those that encouraged and empowered her to do things and to become the you know global business leader she is today, doing big things for other organizations and other business leaders. That I don't know about you, that inspires me. But uh, hey, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to find Supply Chain Now wherever you get your podcasts. Click subscribe so you don't miss any conversation, any of these types of conversations. Check us out on YouTube. And most importantly, folks, most importantly, Scott Luton and the whole team here at Supply Chain Now challenging you to do good to get forward, and to be the change that's needed. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.